Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. I want to thank Pastor Mark for this opportunity. He's, he's been a friend for a long, long time. And I just thank him for still have, having trust. You know, it's amazing to even have somebody to trust you in the last days in which we live. But you have to um, earn that trust. Amen? And so I thank you, Pastor Mark, for being my friend. And, and you mean a lot to me. And the, the Lord gave me a word for Pastor Mark the other day. It was kind of funny. It's kind of he and I little deal. But I shared with you the other day. He says, uh, tell Pastor Mark that no one gets rid of a Rolls Royce with a dent in the door. <laughs> amen you just don't throw away things amen people go to, to garage sales all the time and they find stuff and they take it home and it's incredible and so um, I just thank God for this uh, crowd this morning that have come out and braved the storm today I want to talk to you about something that I believe is uh, it's a right now word for a right now people amen uh, you know God is a is a God that's a gentleman he is not a God that twists our arm can somebody say amen as a little boy, I used to watch them move the cattle around, and the man would always get out of the truck with that little thing with an electric shock on the end of it. I don't know what you call it, but they would hit the cows with that to move them around. But the Word of God says that they that thirst and hunger after God shall be filled, because God's not going to go around with a prod and, and shocking us because He is a gentleman. Amen. And so today we want to talk about something that as a little boy having ten sisters and four brothers... I didn't get a whole lot of the double portions. We got a pretty good portion at first, but we didn't get a lot of double portions because there were a lot of us to be fed. And so as we go to uh, 1 Kings and wait for me there, want to go over to Kings and wait there for me, and I want to show you something today that God is truly a, a, a good God, amen. And so I came across a quote by John Hagee. And it simply says, if, you, if your investments are limited to this earth, you are the world's worst investor. If our if I investments are limited to this earth, that we are the world's worst investors. And so, do not store up your, for yourselves treasures on earth, for where your treasures, treasure is, there your heart will be also. And, and we're going to look at the life of Elijah today as we go into uh, uh, 2 Kings chapter 2 and also in 1 Kings. You know, I've been so excited and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of nervous a little bit. And I was hanging out with my little grandson this morning. And as he came in to uh, uh, bother me, I may have left part of my notes at home. So what we're going to do is I'm going to take you into uh, 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 19. And Elijah is the younger of the two. Elijah is the older of the two. And Elisha is a young prophet who is, is an up-and-coming prophet. He is out in the field, and he, he himself is plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. And Elijah is out in the field plowing in, in 1 Kings 19 and 19. He's out plowing. How many of us know if he's out plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, that is his livelihood? Amen. How many, of us, uh, you all, how many of us have a livelihood? How many of us go to work? We have family. We have friends. We have things that we do. We have a livelihood. 
And so he is out in the field plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. And the older of the two, Elijah, he comes and he throws the mantle around him. And the younger of the two says, let me go back and say goodbye to my mother and my father. And then I will come and follow you. And sometimes in our lives, in order to get to where God wants us to go, we got to go and get rid of some things. We got to go and say goodbye sometimes to our nearest and our dearest. We got to get rid of some things. I know that when God called me out of Tucumcari, New Mexico, I had my own business. I had an automotive detail center. I just graduated from automotive school. I was teaching automotives, went back as, a, as an uh, assistant to my instructor, graduated at the top of my class. It was my livelihood, but I hear God calling me from that to come to Oklahoma City. I knew nothing about Oklahoma, but God is calling me out of my livelihood to come to Oklahoma City, and he said that he would show me great and unsearchable things that I knew not. So I had to take a trip from, from New Mexico to Oklahoma City in order for me to be standing where I am today. And so he goes out and he throws this cloak around him and the young prophet says, I'm going to go back and say goodbye to my mother and my father and I'm going to come and follow you. Now he did something that was very significant for all of us that's going to do something incredible for God. He goes back to the field. He takes his plow, not someone else's, but he was all about his own business. He took his plow, and he burned the plow, and then he took his oxen and slaughtered them and used the plow in order to barbecue the cow. Come on, somebody. So what he's doing is he's getting his life in order. He's getting ready. He's destroying his livelihood. And so he went back and burned his plow. And so I want to take for an assignment this evening, go burn your plow. I'm getting rid of my past in order to get to my future. And so he went back and he burned his livelihood. He went back and he burned the plow and he barbecued the, the oxen and, and did away with that. And now he's off and he had a celebration with his family. And sometimes when you tell your family that you're off to, to, to go do a thing, they're going to be watching you. Right now, Mosaic Church is in a, in a building mode. And how many of us know that from a distance people are watching? See, we're in a, in a building mode. They're going to see where God is taking us. And if God is really up on Mark Crow, and is this is what he's really supposed to be doing. You see, Mark has, has to go burn some things now. He got to go burn his past to get to his future. Can I get some help in this house? And so sometimes you got to get rid of some things. You got to get rid of your fear, get rid of your doubt, get rid of all the things that, that keep you from doing what God has called you to do. Folks, I, I got rid of everything. I didn't want to. It was a scary situation. But here I am. I got rid of everything that I had made my way to Oklahoma City. And so let's look, uh, I'm going to give you a few points, pointers today that a lifestyle he once knew was forever changed in that very brief moment of his life. The mantle, the torch had been passed over. There are a lot of people that don't believe in uh, double portions. I still believe that there are double portions. I still believe in the double portion of God's anointing. And I was just talking to Pastor Rick about healing power. And we need more healing power, more double healing power. We need more money. Come on, somebody. We need some double stuff. And so we're going to have to chase after God and believe that God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so would Elisha be willing to pay the considerable price to be God's prophet? Would Elisha be willing to literally lay down his life for God? That's what I had to do. I had to lay down my life. And when I came here and took on prison ministry, my Danielle, my youngest daughter, was in the seventh grade. 
She's now graduated from Oklahoma and, and got a master's and a bachelor's and all this, that, and the other. So I laid my life down. I missed a lot of stuff in my children's life. I had to lay it down. I didn't want to, but for every man that's called of God, you're going to miss some things in your children's life. You don't want to, but that's a part of it. And so as it turned out, Elijah did have the right stuff. Elisha, by faith, he, he immediately, somebody say immediately, he immediately destroyed the implements of his life. He destroyed the things that were going to keep him in the field, in the earthly fields. And so his past profession, so he could serve God with an undivided heart. Those of you that are called by God, I'm going to tell you something. You might be jumping up and down and saying, I'm called by God, but you'll find out if, if you start out on a journey. And so the life of this up-and-coming servant of God would never be the same. My life has never been the same. My life has never been the same since I said yes to God. Since I began to chase after God and say, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. And in that instant, Elisha was changed from a child of the earth, plowing with yokes of oxen, consumed with earthly concern, and enjoying his livelihood. That has to change. Not all of us are going to be called to go and do a prison ministry. But you're called to a lot of things. And so I want to move us about today in life. We're stuck in some places. I say many of us are stuck in some places. And so in that instant, his life was going to change. He's now a child and a servant and a prophet of God consumed with, earth, with eternal concerns of God. His concerns have to change now. My concerns had to change. And there were some things that I did not want to leave behind. For instance, my 1952 Studebaker truck that I had. I was building that truck. I'd taken it all apart, dismantled it. I love old cars. And that was my passion, and God knew that. And so when he called me to Oklahoma City, he was asking me to get rid of everything. And so I came to Oklahoma to, to um, uh, imply for a job here. And I got the job at Bob Howard Toyota at the time. So I go back home to get rid of everything except my 1952 Studebaker. And nothing was moving, Brother Rick. I, I couldn't understand where things were not moving. And I was on the phone to, to my supervisor here, and he said, Jesse, when are you coming? I said, as soon as we sell everything. And so a man walks in, and he hears me on the phone, and he goes, what's for sale? I said, everything. He says, I want everything. Come on, somebody. God, if God is in it, you can win it. Amen. And so I began to get rid of everything except my Studebaker. And God was like, are you ready to go? And I'm like, I'm ready to roll out. And he's like, you're not. What about that Studebaker? I was like, God, come on now. This is a God thing. Come on. But I had to get rid of it. The moment I got rid of my Studebaker, door after door after door began to open up. And I'm standing before you today because I burned my plow. I burned my livelihood. Everything I had in, that, in the state of New Mexico, I gave it up to come to Oklahoma City. And when I crossed the Oklahoma State line, God said, expect more now than you ever had. Amen. And I've got more now than I ever had. And I never thought that I would be standing in front of inmates and building churches all over the state of Oklahoma. How did it happen? I burned my plow. I burned my plow and I trusted God. And so Elijah made a very public de uh, declaration by burning his plow to cook the oxen which pulled it. And I have lost and destroyed my old life in order to gain my new life in God. Elijah remained unwavering in commitment. And so as we take a look at it and, and how this is done, we're going to look at it in chapter 2 of Kings. 
You see, he's got the call on his, God, on his life now. He's burned his plow. He's barbecued the cow. How many of us know if you keep the cow, you can find a plow? Or if you keep the plow, you can always borrow a couple of cows. Come on now. So he got rid of everything. Somebody say everything. Now, I want those of you that are watching and those in the audience realize that maybe God is not calling you to, to do a ministry, but he's calling you to move from where you are right now. Some of us are in some bad places. We stop in some bad places. And so they're going to start on a journey in 2 Kings chapter 2. And let me just tell you that they had three stopping places. They had two discouraging encounters and a challenge to stay in the same place. And boy, I had the same thing. I could have stopped in Amarillo. Help me, somebody. <laughs> but how many of you know that the anointing was not in Amarillo? The call of God on my life was not in Amarillo. I could have stopped in Amarillo. And trust me, I wanted to turn around and go back. There were times when I wanted to go back. You just think about it. Coming down I-40 in a 1964 Ford pickup, pulling a borrowed horse trailer with everything that I have in that trailer and three Rottweilers on the back of the truck. Barking at every 18-wheeler that passed by. I know people thought that we were an early version of the, of the Beverly Hillbillies. But I'm trusting God, amen? And so I get here and everything that I own has to be put in a, in a storage because I, I'm staying with a friend. And boy, I don't ever want to do that again. I want to be the one that can invite you into my place. I don't want to come to your place, amen? It was hard, but this was part of the test. And my wife would say so many times, honey, let's go back to Egypt. But I kept going. Why? Because I don't have my cow and I don't have my plow. I've burned my livelihood and I'm trusting God. And so there were three stopping places, two discouraging encounters, and a challenge to stay the same. The three stopping places, the first place they came to, they were leaving Gilgal in, in 2 Kings chapter 2. I'm going to rush through this. You can read it later. But when they get, they start out in Gilgal, and the older of the two says, stay here. The Lord is calling me to Bethel. In the place Gilgal, he don't need, he's discouraging them seemingly already, and they haven't even moved. He says, stay here. The Lord has called me. And he said, as surely as the Lord lives, and I will not stay here. The word Gilgal simply means it's a camping place. And see, many of us are camped out in some places. You cannot move forward if you're going to be camped out in your pain, camped out in your discouragement, camped out in, in hatred or whatever you're going through, camped out in the middle of the pain from a divorce. Somebody say, come on down a little further. See, God is calling us from these nasty places right now. And I say to you that are under the watching right now and you're listening to me, there may be a, two people that are married and one of you will not come on. You're holding the other one back quiet in here right now, but I'm talking to somebody. It's time for us to get up in our families and be on one mind, one body, and one accord, because I don't want to stay camped out forever in the places that you're camped out at. I'm okay right there. You see, sometimes you can be camped out with family. Camp, they don't want to move, and you want to move. I'm tired of camping out. And the one thing I can tell you right now is please don't go into 2017 with a 2016 anointing on your life. It won't work. You need a 2017 uh, anointing in the up, so let's get it now. And so he says, stay here. He said, no, I won't stay here and, and, and camp out at Gilgal. It's a camping place. 
I couldn't stay in Tucumcari and do what God wanted me to do in Oklahoma. And the next place he said, I'm going down to Bethel. And the word Bethel simply means the house of God. The house of God is a great place to stay. But the house of God is a place where we come and we get regenerated. The place, we just come out of praise and worship. How many of us love that? The house of God is not the place that God is trying to anoint. God is trying to anoint the people that's coming to the house of God. Just like when Jacob came back to Bethel, when he was fleeing from his brother, he went back to the house of God so that he could get powered up so that he could meet his brother in the wilderness. So you get powered up to go out of the house of God so that you can meet your, 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 your enemy head on. This is where you get power. You don't come to church and just sit here in church. God is not calling you to camp out, and he's not calling you to sit in a place called church. If Mosaic Church is ever going to grow, you're going to have to get out and make it grow. You can't just come here and sit here. you got to go out and take some anointing with you so that you can pull others in and need to come to Bethel. But Bethel is not the place that God wants us to stay. And so now he says, no, you stay here at Bethel. God has called me to Jericho. And so the two of them went down to Jericho. Jericho is a good place to go. But the word Jericho simply means it's a captured place. There are a lot of people that love to stay in captured places. Oh, but I like to be around lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. That's where I like to be. Hey, don't put me in a captured place. This is why I go from prison to prison to prison, and we're giving them away. We're bringing and raising up other people that can go and minister when I'm not here. And so I don't want to be in the captured place because uh, Jericho has already been captured. It's nice and cozy and happy. There are some of us in our lives, you've hit the cozy place. Some of us in our lives, you've hit a, a place of happiness, and you're okay right there. But that is not where God is calling you to. He's not calling you to camp out in Gilgal. He's not calling you to camp out in Bethel, and he certainly don't want you camping out in a place that's already captured. When you can't take a place that's already captured, you get lazy. But when you got to go and build something, it takes work. You got to move from the captured place. And so now they're going to move. He says, stay here at the captured place. And then the young prophet said, no, I will not. I'm not going to stay at, at, at the church I want to get down to where I can get more out of God. How many of us know that there's more for us than church? You see, I can't just stay in church. I have to come to church. I feel good coming to church, but I got to leave church. I can't stay in the captured places. And so they have one more stop. Somebody said one more stop. And so I want you to know that you are one stop away from where God wants you to go, and that's down to the Jordan. And so now this young prophet has got rid of his livelihood. He's been challenged. And then in verse 3, you got the church folks. There was 50 prophets that came out and began to discourage him. How many of us know that church folks can discourage sometimes? Here come the prophets out, 50 of them. They said, hey, did you not know that God's going to take your master from you today? He said, yeah, I know it, but be quiet. If you can't say something nice, get you some business and stay out of mind. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because when God calls you, somebody's going to get in your business. Somebody's going to try to discourage you, and nine times out of ten, it starts with church folks. Well, I can't get no help right there, but I know I'm telling the truth. Church folks can discourage you. Did you not know that the Lord's going to take your master from you today? He said, yeah, I know that, but uh, don't, don't speak of it because I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission. I don't have anything to go back, so I've got to continue on. I'm trying to get rid of my past to get to my future. And so this was a first discouraging encounter. And he said, I know about it. 
but I'm going to keep going. In verse 5, the church is trying to shake him up again. They come out, and they try and shake him up again. And then in verse 7, they're watching from a distance. In verse 9, the miracle is about to go down. How many of us need a miracle in our lives? And so if you're looking for a miracle, you got to come all the way. And don't be running around telling Pastor Mark or anybody else, I want a double portion of what you have. If you're not going to come all the way with me to the Jordan, you can't have it. You got to come all the way to the Jordan to get it. You know, I, I, I met this man, Eric Kozar, 20-something years ago in a place called prison. And he's been chasing after me for 20-something years. And I hope that I have something that he wants a double portion of when it's, when it's his turn. I hope that there's something in me that he wants double of. I know my little grandson, he thinks I'm the greatest musician there is. And I don't know nothing. All I'm doing is tricking him, and he wants a double portion of it. <laughs> I just hide stuff, and he think it, and he think it disappeared. Last night, he wasn't, I don't know how you miss your grandpa putting a brush on your sleeve, a hairbrush. I put it down in my sleeve, and he was looking at TV, and I said, hey, where's your brush? And he looked on the table. He wasn't there. And I said, check my sweater, my arm. And he pulls it out, and he thinks he wants a double portion of that. <laughs> that is amazing. And so I pray to God that there's something that you have that someone else wants a double portion of it. And so as we look around the world today, who's got anything that we want double of? And so this, this young man, is on, he's on a mission. He's burned his plow, and he's got rid of the cow, and he's gone from Gilgal, the camping place, to Bethel. He's left church, and he went down to Jericho to the camping place. He's got one more place. And so he's going to cross. And he went down to the Jordan. And right there is where, where we need to go is to the Jordan because the word Jordan means outpouring. That's where the anointing is going to be. It wasn't in Amarillo. It wasn't down the road in Weatherford. I had to come on down to Oklahoma to get that anointing that God has placed on me to see the thousands of men and women that have been changed in a place called prison. I had to give up a lot to see that. And if I brag, I brag on the Holy Ghost. And so I burned my, my plow. I, I got rid of my plow, got rid of my livelihood. I've missed some things with my children, but they're okay. God said that I was to expect more now than I ever had. And Brother Rick, the other day, he gave me a prophecy over my children. And, and, and as I was speaking to him about some things in my life, Rick, Rick and I go way back. We talk about deep things and spiritual things and things that, that hurt. He's a man that I admire a bunch. And I can tell you right now, I would take a double portion of what Mr. Radcliffe, Mr. Radcliffe has. I would take a double portion of it. He's, he's, he's honest, loves his family. And it, it's just some things, especially the family thing. I'll take a double portion of it, Rick. I admire you for that, and I commend you for it. I don't know how it works, but he just, he just gets around. I love his kids. I've coached them, and, and, and they've told me off and, and all kinds of stuff. But, but I love the Radler family, and I, I would take a double portion of what Mr., Mr. Rick has. And so he's chasing after this double portion. They get down to the Jordan. That's where I'm trying to go. That's where I'm trying to stay, is at the Jordan. And the question today is, as you're watching and those that are in, where have you stopped? Where have you stopped where you don't feel that connection? And so we go down to Jordan. And then when he took that cloak and he slapped that water, I'm talking about the older gentleman. He slapped that water. This was Elijah, the older one who completed 14 miracles. 
14 miracles. And the other young man is chasing after him. And he's won a, a double portion of that and in, in America. And in my math teacher tells me that 14 and 14 is 28. That's a double portion. Not everybody may be called to go for a double portion, but I believe that I am. I want a double portion of everything that God has for Mosaic Church. I want a double portion of everything that God can restore back upon Pastor Mark Crow. Can somebody say amen? I want a body of Christ that's chasing after the double portion. We need more healing power. We need more testimonies. We need to not testify once a day, but testify twice a day. We need to lay hands on somebody not once a month, but lay hands on someone twice a month. You got to get rid of your past to get to where God is calling you to. And this older prophet hits that water and they cross over. You see, you wouldn't see this at Gilgal. You wouldn't see this sitting in the church. You wouldn't see it in the captured place. It was at Jericho where the anointing, there was a shifting in the atmosphere down at the Jordan River. Down at the Jordan, it's an overflowing place. I don't want to sit somewhere and just get stagnant. The Bible says I will carry you from glory to glory to glory to glory. And that's why we're trying to get you to come out of those places today. In those places of pain, those places of discomfort, those places of sickness, those places where your, your mind is not right. The God that I serve is a mind regulator. Can I get an amen in this house? We got to move forward as Christians because we are falling in these stagnant places but yet crying out and saying, I want this and I want that. You got to come on down to Jordan to get it. Because that's where the anointing is. It's at the Jordan. And every day I try to get up and go to Jordan. Don't you think that every man under the sound of my voice, every one of us attempted in some manner. Why? Because you might be six foot five, 190 pounds of flesh. And you might be six foot five, 195 pounds of spirit, but there's some flesh in you as well. You got to tame your flesh. You got to grab your flesh in the collar and say, no, God's calling me to a higher place. I refuse to stay captured right here. I'm going down to Jordan. That's where the anointing is. And so that young prophet, that old prophet hits that water and cross over. He says to the young one, he says, what can I do for you today before I'm taken? He said, let me inherit a double portion of what you have. You see, he can ask for it because he went all the way. Stop wanting to be like me and you won't come with me. And for all these people that are saying, well, I just want to be the next Joyce Meyer, you better go get on a skirt tail. I want to be the next D.D. Jakes, you better go get on his, skirt, on his pant leg. It got quiet right there. I'm not demoning the TV people, and you can send your money to them all day long. I ain't mad at you, but when your people die, they ain't going to bury you. You got to have a local church. You got to have a local church where they'll, they'll be there for you and be there with you. Can somebody say amen? amen? Now, you can send your money where you want to, but if you're sending your money to, to the TV people and want me to bury your people, I'll do it, but I got a problem. <laughs> I'm trying to help somebody, amen? And so, you got, if you want something that someone's got, go get on the skirt tail. You know, I walked into a church years ago, and I was down and out, and my spiritual instrumentation panel was foggy as all get out, and Mark Crow cleared it up. He looked at me, and he said, son, there's an anointing on your life, and what you're going through, it ain't going to stay there. I'm going to help you. And it's hard for me to separate that from anything else. When someone reaches out for you, 
And I want you to know that I'm, I'm, I'm at a state in my life right now where God is really shaking me up and kind of like a little puppy plays with his toy. And that's where I am in the mouth of God right now. I'm being shaken to my very core. But I know how to pray and I know the call of God that's on my life. And I know how to chase after God. And so now when they cross over, he said, if it happens, you can have it. But if not, you can't. Oh, but when that prophet went into heaven in the whirlwind, that young prophet picked up that cloak. It was his turn. He went back and struck that water. Come on, somebody. And that water opened up. Somebody say, it's my turn now. And see, it won't be your turn unless you come all the way and God help you to make it your turn. He picked up that cloak and he striked that water. And that water opened up and then the miracles began to happen. And those same church people... That was, that was trying to discourage him. They went, whoa, the power of Elijah is resting on Elisha now. Then the Bible say that, I'll make your enemy your footstool. How's my time, Rick? And so now the anointing is on him. It's been transferred. Why? Because he didn't stay camped out. He didn't stay at, at, at Bethel. He didn't just stay in the church. And so when Jacob went back to church and got the power of God upon him, he left there and went and faced his enemy. When Abram went back to Bethel, he was trying to get away from a famine. When the famine was over, he left Bethel and went back to work. Are y'all still here? I'm trying to draw you a picture of what, what God is doing. And so now he goes back over, and now these people that are watching from a distance, and trust me, they're watching Mosaic from a distance. I mean, it's the, it's the obvious thing to do. Why? Because it's an up-and-coming mosaic church. When I laid all the pieces before the Lord, he made my life complete. Who wouldn't want to be a part of that? Who wouldn't want to be a part of that? When I laid my, the broken pieces, 2 Samuel, in the Message Bible, 2 Samuel 22, I believe, 2, 21, it says, when I laid it out. It's on your web page. Go look for it. Every time I get ready to come here, I go and Google the web page. I don't Google Mark anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but when I lay out my pieces, he fixed me. Mosaic means little pieces put back together. That's all good. We come to church to get put back together. But the real anointing is to leave the church and go put someone else back together. And to tell them about what's going on in our lives. And so he goes, he picks up that mantle, and now when he comes back from that anointing has fallen on him, these men are watching, the prophets are watching from a distance. And you know what they said, here's, here's the one thing I want you to get. They simply said to him when Elijah was taken, these 50 prophets said, we are able and we are ready, let us go and look and see if God has not dropped your master in the mountain somewhere. You know what they were doing? They were not ready to accept the new anointing. They said, let's keep doing the same old thing the same old way. They were not ready for the new anointing. And I came to tell you right now, the old anointing that, that Pastor Mark had, don't come here looking for that. It ain't there. The old anointing is not, it's a fresh anointing. We ain't going looking in the mountains saying, boy, I wish it was like this. Are y'all going to help me today? I'm trying to help you. We're not going wishing for what we used to have. We're not going. They say, let us go and see if your master fell in the mountain somewhere. 
We know where our pastor is. We know where Pastor Mark is. We ain't going looking in the mountains for the old guy that did this, did that, did this. No. Fresh fire, fresh anointing, new desire, new man, new pastor, new church, new direction. So get on board with it. Get on board. We ain't looking for no old. And they went out looking for him, and they looked, and they looked, and they went back to that old prophet and said, well, we couldn't find him. And he said, I told you so. And guess what? This young prophet is telling you, don't go looking because you ain't going to find it. Amen? Amen. And so we're talking about getting rid of our past to get to the future. And so I I, want to tell you today that this young man chased. He chased after a man that had completed 14 miracles. And the anointing fell on him to do 28 miracles, 28. And so where are you today? Where are you today? Where have you stopped? Just for a few moments, stand to your feet with me today. I, I blew right through this, but I think you get it. I think you got it today. I don't know if we need music or if we need anything, but just I got a few minutes, and I want you to stretch your hands toward heaven today and just figure out where you are and those that are watching Where are you sitting there in your pajamas today and watching with a cup of coffee? Where are you? What's keeping you back from doing all that God has called you to do? What is it? Are you at a camping place? Are you camped out in your pain? Are you camped out in your drugs? Are you camped out? Are you medicated to death? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Where are you? The anointing is not in that camped out place in your misery. You got to get out of your misery. You gotta, you gotta put that, you gotta put them bags of potato chips down. You gotta at some point get out of your pajamas and get out of your house. At some point, you're gonna have to find some new friends. I'm talking to you that don't turn it, don't turn that off. You listen. You're in a bad place and you need to get out of it. You, 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 you need to let go of some things. Let go of the past to get to your future. Let go of the offense. Let go of, of the bad decisions that you've made. Let go of that. Stop holding people captive because of your pain or what you're going through. God is saying, get up. Get out of that. Get on with your life. Where you are in this camping place is not the place to be. The anointing is down at Jordan. And God wants to refresh our anointings. He wants to refresh our anointings. And so today, God, I pray over this congregation that have stopped in some crazy places, that have stopped in your sin, that have stopped in your pain and your disagreements and your altercations and your contentions. The bars of uh, an offended brother are harder to be won than a strong city. So God, we come out of our offense today. Brother Rick, you can come on up. But those of you under the sound of my voice right now, and you're saying, preacher, I've, I've stopped in a bad place. Well, what we're going to do on the side of this building, we're going we're gonna to have someone come and pray with you. And if you have the, the, the spiritual nerves to tell them where you stop, we're going to get you down to Jordan. So if that's you today and you've stopped in a bad place, either one of these corners where you see a fire extinguisher. Amen? Because we're going to put out the fires of the devil. Amen? And so if that's you today, just head to those corners and we want to pray over you. Maybe you stopped in some bad places today. Brother Rick, we thank you, my brother. 